for today's devotion, uh, I want us to look at uh, three verses in 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 8 to 10. Now, let me read these uh, verses, uh, and I'm reading it from uh, the, the New King James Version. 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only son, his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Now, i like us to consider the phrase, God is love. Now, note the phrase carefully. It does not say God loves, but that God is love. Now, the word is comes from the Greek word esti, meaning a unique form or to be. It means God by nature is love. By nature, God is agape. God by nature is benevolent, is affectionate and self-sacrificial. Now, the reason why I consider these three verses is because the topic of God's, the topic of God is love has been in my mind for a few weeks now. Uh, I've been reading uh, of uh, an alarming decline in the number of people, especially young people, identifying themselves uh, as Christians. Uh, if you look at the recent research by Public Religion Research Institute, it was a survey that was done in the year 2020, that was last year. They found that only 14% of people in the U.S. identify themselves as evangel evangelical Christians, while over 25% don't identify themselves with any religion. And the divide is growing. Now, there are many reasons uh, as to why people choose not to identify themselves as Christians. But one question that has been the stumbling block of many, especially amongst young people, is this. If God is love, if he is love, if he by nature loves, then why is there so much of suffering in the world? Now, on Friday, uh, all of us uh, woke up on Friday. Uh, and in Friday evening, in the afternoon, uh, New Zealand witnessed an act of terrorism that we are all aware of. Uh, and we have innocent people out of absolutely no fault of their own. Uh, they uh, witnessed or they were stabbed. Now, why are innocent children, out of no fault of theirs, afflicted by terminal illness? We see so many. If God is a God of love, and if God is love, why does he require the Israelites, for example, in the Old Testament, to destroy the Canaanites, uh, the men, the women, the children, when they took over their land and their cities? Now, witnessing human suffering, not being able to reconcile the human suffering with the fact that God is love, has resulted in so many uh, so-called Christians uh, actually abandoning their faith. It is also one of the main reasons as to people, as to why people give uh, one of the main reasons as to why atheists remain atheists. Uh, they cannot reconcile the fact 
that God, who is a God of love, uh, could allow so much of suffering in the world. Now, what many people forget is that God's morality is quite infinitely complex and multifaceted. Now, it is true that God by nature is love. However, God by nature is also just and God by nature is also righteous. Yes, it is true in the Old Testament that the Israelites were asked to destroy the Canaanites when they came out of slavery in Egypt. Now, if you look at the Canaanite society, it was quite an immoral and depraved society for which they should actually receive their due punishment. However, God gave them over 400 years to change their ways. And we can see that God also gave them another 40 years of witness, especially when the Israelites spend their time in the wilderness. The stories of who God is, what God has done, spread across the Canaanite region. So for 40 years, God left them witness. Now you can ask the question, how about a child stricken with cancer? The child is not to blame. How do you reconcile this with God's nature of love? We know that the fall of man has brought degeneration and death in human nature. But we also know that God has provided a way out of this through the death and suffering of his son. So God balances his love, his grace with justice and righteousness in such infinitely complex ways that's difficult for us to understand. And this is why God is God and we are not. Now, it's not my intention today uh, to discuss this complex issue, but to consider only one aspect of his nature, which is the nature of love. And 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 to 10 gives us four aspects of the nature of God's love. So these four aspects are these. Number one, God's love is sacrificial. Two, God's love focuses on the good of others. Three, God's love does not depend on reciprocity. And four, God's love is propitious. And these are the four things that we see with regards to the nature of his love when you read 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 to 10, the verses that we just read. So let's consider the first one. Let's look at the first aspect, which is that God's love is sacrificial. Verse 9 says, In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world. Now, this statement of John echoes the famous verse that we all know by heart. In John chapter 3, verse 16, where John wrote saying, If for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the sacrificial love of God is epitomized in the giving of his only begotten son to be our sin bearer on the cross. Now, there are two aspects of God's sacrifice that I would like us to consider. First, it meant giving up something of infinitely great value to the Father. Uh, so, if you give up something that is of no significance to you, then you cannot refer to this as a sacrifice. For example, when King David had to offer a sacrifice at the threshing floor of Arauna the Hittite, the Jebusite, and because of his sin in taking a census, he was offered all the implements by Arauna, 
needed for the sacrifice. However, David did not take the free offer. Instead, he said, he will not offer anything as a sacrifice that costs him nothing. Second, the word sacrifice used in, in terms of God the Father giving up his son actually comes from the Greek word holocaust. And we know, all know about the word holocaust with regards to uh, the uh, killing of the Jews uh, by Hitler. It is the same meaning used in the Hebrew equivalent for burnt offering. So when God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, verse 2, to offer Isaac as a burnt offering, it means a complete or utter destruction or to be completely burnt up. So therefore, God gave up someone of significantly infinite value to him, that is his only son, to be completely burnt up. So God's love is sacrificial. The second aspect of God's love is that it focuses on the good of others. Now, when you sacrifice something that is of significant value to you, it's always for a purpose. Now, no one has a purposeless sacrifice. So God's sacrifice was for our eternal benefit. God's love did not focus on himself or his son, but on the good of others and the good of mankind. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, love does not seek its own. And in the passage that we read in verse 9, this is what the passage says, that God sacrificed his son so that we might live through him. The famous Christmas carol that we all sing during Christmas says, this born to die, that man might live, came to earth new life to give. Born of Mary, born so low many years ago. So God's love did not seek his own. God's love focused on the good of others for our salvation. Thirdly, the third aspect of the nature of God's love is that God's love does not depend on reciprocity. Verse 10 says this, In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we can be thankful that God's love is not dependent on reciprocity. Now, perhaps for me, if I read the scriptures, the best example of this is in the story of the prodigal son. In spite of the son wishing the father's death, and demanding for his inheritance, and then wasting all the money in prodigious living. Still, the father's love for the son remained and was not withheld. Fourthly, God's love is propitious. Verse 10 says that God sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, the word propitiation actually comes from the Greek word hilasmos which means to be the appeaser or the one who turns away wrath so that favor is obtained. This is what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us. He was the appeaser. He was the one who turned away God's judgment so that we can obtain favor from God. God's love is 
indeed uh, propitious. Now this Sunday, although we are unable to fellowship together due to the lockdown, we can still pause for a bit of time and contemplate on the love of God. There are four aspects to the nature of his love. God's love is sacrificial. He sent his beloved son. God's love focuses on the good of others. And through the sacrifice of his son, the scripture says that we might live through him. Focuses on the good of others. God's love does not depend on reciprocity. The scripture says, while we were still sinners, Romans 5 verse 8, Christ died for us. And fourthly, God's love is propitious. The sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ turned away wrath and brought us in favor with God. Now, at the beginning, I mentioned that many actually turn away from Christianity. Uh, an atheist, one of the atheist's primary reason for being an atheist is that they cannot reconcile a loving God with the suffering they witness in the world. Now yet, there are many who actually turn to God when they witness the love of God in the lives of believers. Now I'm sure that many of you know the song, I Can Only Imagine. Very recently, uh, during the lockdown, that was about two weeks ago, Cleon and I watched this uh, film, uh, the story. Uh, the life story, the witness of the one who wrote this song, a person called Bart Millard. Now, Bart Millard lived with his abusive father from the age of three when his parents divorced. He states that he used to be his father's punching bag. So whenever his father was upset or angry, he used to punch or he used to abuse his son or hit his son, physically abuse his son. So he lived in fear. Bart lived in fear most of his childhood. Now, his father was diagnosed with cancer. And during the period, during that period, he saw a monster turning into a man. In, in, this is in Bart's word, who desperately fell in love with Jesus. He saw a life transformed and a man who showed forth the love of God. And this is the primary reason for Bart Millard to come to faith in God. So instead of us asking, uh, the question, or instead of many asking the question, why does a loving God permit suffering? As believers, we need to ask, how can we show forth the love of God in a world that is suffering? It's not easy. It's something that we all struggle with, to show forth the love of God to others through our lives. Yet, the scripture challenges us to be self-sacrificial, self to look out for the good of others to not respond with reciprocity and to appease or turn away uh, wrath. To love God, to love as God loves, is what's expected of us as Christians, as believers. And that is why John says in verse 11, and John tells us this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. As we look forward to uh, the lockdown, uh, hopefully coming down from level to level two uh, next week, um, let's pause this moment and this time, this Sunday, to remember love of God.
God by nature is love. But more importantly, also as believers, to remember that we are challenged to love as God loves. 